This podcast is a proud member of the Lamb Podcasting Network. Find the network at largeassmovieblogs.com. Okay, hello and welcome to the Blueprint Review Podcast, uh, episode 36. Ooh. Yeah, wow. We're advanced middle age. Yeah, we've had a few weeks break. It's been been three or four weeks, I'm afraid. Um, and I've seen shitloads of films. Uh, Lindsay, you've seen quite a few as well. I've seen a fair few. Well, we have to compensate for the slackers in the group. Darren's not here. Uh, Laura's with us, though. I've seen nothing. Yeah, she's seen nothing. <laughs> Boo. But no, uh, she's going to join I'm in anyway. I'm so dedicated to the cause. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're going to rattle through this. We uh, <laughs> we should have just, we should have discussed this before recording. But uh, what are we, are we going to do? The finally do the food theme? Or are we going to fob it off because it's a really rubbish theme? <laughs> really Let's... rubbish theme. I think 2013 we should have a new yeah podcast set up so yeah. after this one once we've done the oscars next time then we'll think of a different format and if anybody yeah. has any suggestions then by all well means, I, I was thinking we were chatting about this earlier i was thinking maybe i mean we could still do some sort of theme but maybe it's more a case of talking about the theme not necessarily oh let's watch one film and talk about one film and review that one film because it's a bit unnecessary maybe just discussing a theme in greater detail and lots of films within that theme might be more interesting but it is hard to come up with okay. new themes. That's the only problem. Um, so, you know, like the representation yeah. of women in cinema or the role of... Yeah, you know, like, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, exactly. Things like that. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, down with that. Yeah. I know it sounds a bit highbrow, but we'll I'm sure we'll bring it down. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, no, but I, th- I think um, I think we should just talk about the subject a bit more. And as well, I mean, if we're running out of thoughts for, like, intellectual themes, then just pick, like, a director that we've all seen a couple of films of. <laughs> Um, all right. Or whatever. Anyway. Meeting over. <laughs> We've lost all of our listeners this episode. Um, anyway, right, trailers. Uh, Lindsay, see any trailers? Not that I can remember. The only trailer I have in my brain is the Tom Cruise one that looks really terrible. Oh, he's Where the aliens and the night times, aliens and the people in the... Oh, it looks bad, but I'm still going to go see it, clearly. Yeah, we, yeah, we chatted about that. It, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm one of the few people who thinks it looks all right, but it looks a bit silly. Um, well, I think I'll clearly go see it. It's action oh, yeah. and it's space action and it's Tom Cruise. So I'm going to go, but I'm going to whine about it. Mm. <laughs> cool. Well, I've I've seen two trailers actually. I'm always I'm always greedy, uh, but these two I'm, I really do want to talk about because uh, they do look good. Uh, we've got Inside Llewellyn Davis. That's the Coen Brothers' latest film, mm-hmm. uh, which I didn't. Re- I wasn't even aware of aware of it until the trailer came out the other day. Um, it's uh, it's got like an unknown, well at least I don't recognise his name, sort of lead actor called Oscar Isaac. Um, it's also got Carrie Mulligan in and John Goodman as always. Um, it's loosely based on the life of like a, a folk musician, Dave Van Ronk, a comedy name. But um, <laughs> no, yeah, the trailer looks good. It's uh, it looks a bit more sombre, sort of a bit like the man who wasn't there, um, but still with that sort of quirky sort of comedy going on um, that the Coen Brothers are good at. Uh, yeah, it looks it looks it looks good. I mean, it's, it's always hard to say in a trailer for for things like the Coen Brothers sort of films, but but it does look good. It looks very pretty as well. What's interesting for a geeky cinephile sort of people is that uh, for years, ever since I think Barton Fink, um, Roger Deakins, 
has always shot the Coen Brothers films and he's an amazing cinematographer. So all the films look great. Um, but he's not actually shot this film. Uh, I don't think they've fallen out or anything. I think he was busy doing Skyfall. Uh, but um, basically, they've got a new cinematographer and it's the guy who did Amelie, actually. It's Bruno Del, Del Bonnell, mm. whatever his name is. Um, but he still seems to have look, done a good job. The trailer looks gorgeous. Uh, so yeah, so that looks good. Coen Brothers, always, almost always worth watching. Yeah, almost. I'm trying to think of one that isn't just at worst mediocre. Like they're yeah. always good fun. I've not seen the Lady Killers. I've heard people slag that off a bit, but is that got George Clooney in it? Uh, no, not Catherine, Lady Killers. Catherine Zeta Jones or is that something else? That was intoler- intolerable. Oh, cruelty. was that them? Yeah. Oh, okay. We, have, we didn't talk about that. Film. I'm one of the few people who didn't mind that film, but do you know? I think it's that. Catherine Zeta Jones. I think she just she She's just um, downgrades a film for me immediately. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But no, I didn't. I didn't mind. It was silly, but I kind of enjoyed it. But anyway, it's, not, it's certainly not. It's certainly one of the yeah. worst. Um, I'm a massive fan of the Coen Brothers. Really? Oh, oh, I think they're really good fun. Yeah. Like I, I always feel of theirs that I think are incredible. Like I'm going to get this right now. True Grit. They did that. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, True I think that's an incredible film. film. Yeah. Um, but Barton Fink. Oh my God. Oh, you're joking. You know, I've never seen Barton Fink. I've heard very good things. Actually, it's one Barton, of their most respected. About ones. the Mitre. Yeah. Yeah, I have actually. I have seen Barton Fink, and it descended to madness. I think it was a bit drunk. It's an odd film. It's an odd, odd, yeah. it's an odd, odd film, but I do like it. It's not my favourite. I'm a big man who wasn't there fan. I don't think that gets enough respect. I think it's possibly my favourite. Fargo's obviously up there as well. It's brilliant, but they I, didn't. I, I, I love the Cain Brothers. You what? Sorry. I really liked Burn After Reading. I enjoyed that as I well. It's oh, Tilda Swinton. I, well. I have a lot of love for I Tilda Swinton. I think that's my problem that I've seen. I don't like Barton Fink, and then I've seen a lot of their like not so good ones because that mm. one I don't think is very good at all. The Burn After Reading. You need to get Miller's Crossing, Fargo, get all the classics watched. Although Barton yeah, Fink's one of the favourite. Yeah, that's the thing. I've seen the cl- classics, yeah. and I've tried to watch The Big Lebowski. That's theirs, isn't it? Oh, that's amazing! Yeah, I've tried yeah. to watch that many times and always fallen asleep. <laughs> that's well, not that isn't any judgment. I do mean... fall asleep a lot, <laughs> but I can't get into it. It's an odd and one, I Big really Lebowski. I really want to. Big Lebowski is one of those that's some, brilliant. Yeah, it sort of gets better with the more you watch it, I think, as well. Yeah. Big Lebowski. And the second Julianne Moore shows up, that film just gets <laughs> weird. It's like, what yeah. the fuck is going on? It's great. You'd like it. Yeah. But um, yeah. It, so, what else have you seen, Dave, trailer wise? Yeah, sorry. The other one that I've seen that's interesting is Mood Indigo. This is Michelle Gondry's latest film, and, and this looks to be going back to his roots, going back to sort of his, uh, like, uh, science of sleep style and uh, mm. it, because he did um, Green Hornet which was shit um, although obviously yeah. I still say the best thing he did is the Daft Punk video <laughs> no yeah, right, Daft Punk he, video is amazing everything like else is a little shit I, I like the science of sleep but his best yeah. film is um, Eternal Sunshine by Miles it's incredible oh okay yeah, I forgot yeah, about that yeah, but, yeah. Um, but uh, that's a lot of that's down to the writer but um, but no but I do like his style and science of sleep isn't perfect but I did like it I liked the style I liked the idea and this looks... it didn't connect with me. I really no, struggled I to find it, to, to find a reason why to bother what, carry on watching it. Yeah. I turned it off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A, a similar thing. I was a bit like, yeah. why am I watching this again? <laughs> What's going on? I'm going to turn this off. Well, this, this might not be for you then, because this did, this did remind me of that. It's, it's, it's in the same vein. It's very much like loads of sort of makeshift dream sequences and things, and it looks very, very sweet and very, very French and like... Uh, <laughs> It, yeah, it's, it's blatantly going to be... Pastry, Dave, is that what you're telling me? <laughs> yeah, Basically a pastry. It is a pastry. The whole film is definitely a pastry. But uh, it looks beautiful. It's got Audrey Tattoo in it, um, who's, uh, 
I could watch her read the fucking yellow pages. I'd still probably quite you like it. Love Dave. Oh, she's yeah, she's amazing. But um, but yeah, to me, it looks good. I mean, especially I think it's just coming after Green Hornet. He did do another film in between, but it never really got much for release. But um, but Green Hornet was just such a disappointment. But that was mainly because it just didn't seem like one of his films. It didn't look anything like his other films. He'd obviously got the studio would just sort of ass raped him, and yeah, it was it was never going to be great. Um, so this is good to see him doing some more independent, sort of more quirky and interesting sort of films. Um, so yeah, looks good. Watch this space. Laura, seen any trailers? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I can't remember what any of them are called, except for the one that I've just seen, which is World War Z. Oh, Have I we talked about, about that. Before? Yeah, yeah, we did because yeah. I was confused. <laughs> yeah, I was like, why are there zombies? And they were like, because it's a zombie war film, Lindsay. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, not that bright. Yeah, but I saw one and I, then I, it was really annoying because I couldn't remember what it was called because I recently watched Another Earth and oh. um, and then I saw a trailer with the girl who's in Another Earth who also wrote Another Earth. Don't ask me for names because I'm rubbish with mm. names. But um, she, was in, she was in this trailer and then Darren and I did a little research on it. It turns out she's written it with the same person who wrote... So she wrote Another Earth and she's written this film and she's also wrote... She has like a co-writer, I think, who's also possibly in it or not. I don't know. But yeah, but what's interesting, what's more interesting about this is her story. Find the name, Dave. Go on. Um, is her story. Britt Marling. Brit Marling. Is that um, apparently she uh, she graduated from like economic school or something. And she got a job, like a really well-paid job, like something ridiculous a year. Really ridiculous money. Really, really loads. And then... Um, and then... Uh, she decided she was she was in uh, Cuba making I think she was making a documentary. Is it the sound of my voice? Is that or no boxes and ballet? No. It might be sound of my voice. Yeah. Is, yeah, it's been around for a while in America. It came and out a couple uh, years ago, I don't think it's out really here. Yeah. Yeah, the East the is East. The, the East is the film that I'm talking about. Oh, okay. Right, and um, yeah, and so anyway, and she just turned this job down. She was out. This was before she'd sort of made it, and she turned this job down. Apparently, just like thanks for the offer, but I'm going to be an artist. <laughs> this, like, ridiculous, like, $75,000 a year job or something, mm. ridiculous. So I just find that quite an interesting story. So the East cool. is about... I'm just going to read it off. <laughs> an operative for an elite private intelligence firm finds priorities... Iris- oh, I can't say that word. Say that word, Dave. Irrevocable. That's the word. Changed after she's tasked with infiltrating an anarchist group known for executing covert attacks upon major corporations so yeah it looks quite interesting actually they're just obviously just like some sort of underground group that just go and like make attacks on companies but um it it did look quite interesting quite sort of ellen page as well she's usually pretty decent but it's been a while since i watched the trailer Oh, it's the same director as The Sound of My Voice. I can remember seeing the trailer for Sound of My Voice. It looks quite good, actually. Um, yeah, cool. I haven't heard of these. Sounds good. Mm, I'm going to watch it. Awesome. Right, cool. Trailers. An exciting bunch. Right, should we get cracking on reviews? Because we've got fucking shed See loads to, to rattle through. through. Um, I'll, I'll start with Les Miserables, I think, because it's been out a while. 
Can I talk about one of them like I've seen them and just read off your paper? <laughs> read my little notes. Got notes. Oh, well, I, I, I do my little reviews on Letterboxd. I just cut and paste my reviews from Letterboxd. They're not great for notes because they're, they're like proper sentences and things. But um, I'll do my best. Um, yeah, Les Miserables. Uh, I'll start by saying I'm, I, I'm quite a fan of the musical. I must, well, I haven't actually seen the stage production for years. I mean, not since I was a, a kid. Um, so I can't remember it massively. Uh, but <laughs> bizarrely, without uh, bizarrely, I've been into sort of uh, I've, <laughs> I do singing lessons. I was going to say, Dave, <laughs> I feel like you're about to confess. You can start, I can start personal. confessing something, but um, but yeah, and I've, I've been doing a bit of musical theatre recently, so it's got me in a musical theatre sort of mood <laughs> of late, and so I've started listening to the Les Miserables soundtrack. Because you knew Les Miserables was coming. No, out? not really. It's <laughs> just because I, I knew a couple of songs anyway, and I quite like some of the songs. Well, no, actually, it started because my music teacher suggested I sing, um, uh, what's it called? It was a while ago now. Uh, the, is this about the film? Yeah. No, the, the, <laughs> I'm just kidding. It was way before the film came out, but uh, I suggested that I sing one of the songs from the film. I can't remember which one it was now, from, from the play. Uh, and I did, and I enjoyed it. So I, I was like, oh, okay, I looked at the soundtrack again because it's been a while since I've seen it. I knew, like, I Dreamed a Dream and, and Empty Chairs and stuff like that, a few of them. Um, so I've been listening to the soundtrack quite a bit the last couple of months. So I was quite in the mood for watching it. Um, yeah, and and obviously it came out. It's uh, it's uh, uh, Tom Hooper. Tom Hooper, that's his name, isn't it? Um, his sort of version of the sort of popular play, which is obviously based on the Victor Hugo novel. And uh, yeah, I'm sure everyone knows about it because it's fucking been number one for about a decade or something. Uh, yeah, and I enjoy, sorry, <laughs> I'm doing really badly. Um, I, I won't go through the story because we've got a lot to cover and. And most of you probably seen it. Was was the cinematography just amazing? Oh, that's uh, <laughs> um, not really. <laughs> no. no um, was um, what's her face? Anne Hathaway just mind blowing. Oh, oh, it was, it was lovely. No, uh, to be honest, I I actually enjoyed it. I know it's uh, from sort of the film. Some of the critics and some of the bloggers have been a bit harsh on it. I think a lot of people have it out for Tom Hooper after the King's Speech because everyone's pissed off that it won the Oscar and everything. Um, so I think a lot of people are out to hate Les Miserables before even watching it and musicals as well uh, can be a bit love it or hate it but to be honest I, I enjoyed it I didn't think it was amazing I don't think it's an especially uh, groundbreaking sort of cinematic vision of the play I think it's quite straightforward and um, what he has done differently is he's he's taken he's taken it and um, the way he shot it is, is a bit different he's, he's had them singing on set sort of live on set and recording their voices live on set rather than... Did they do that on Moulin Rouge? I don't know, possibly. No, Sounds uh, no, like they Moulin do Rouge was soundtrack. Like, this is the first time it's been done this oh, way, I think. Yeah. Which is this whole, this whole talking point, isn't it? That they sang live and they were yeah. recorded live. Moulin Rouge, I think they sang when they filmed it, but they were then recorded. dubbed over. Yeah. 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 Which means, I mean, what it's... what it, this sort of The effect that it has is that it does improve the uh, sort of... Uh, the quality of the emotion in the voices, I think, because they're really going for it, they're really going through it. Ra- rather than if it's rec- post-recorded afterwards, it's more about getting the nice, clear, strong voice and everything's recorded in the studio and all that sort of stuff. So you do get quite a lot of emotion. I mean, uh, the sort of I Dreamed a Dream scene with Anne Hathaway uh, is incredible. It's, it's really, really powerful, that scene. It's all in one sh- one single shot, um, pretty much, I think, and just her, the camera, very basic, very raw, and that, it comes through amazing. That's beautiful. Uh, but at the same time, because they've done it this way, uh, I think it's 
it's limited the quality of the, some of the singing. I mean, some of the Russell Crowe in particular has not got the strongest voice in the world, even though he used to be in a band. Um, it's just a bit weedy. There's a few bum notes Yeah, but here he was the drummer there. in the band, wasn't he? No, Drummers no, he, did, he sing. did sing. He did sing. <laughs> oh, no, right. But, um, but no, so, so some of the vocalists aren't 100%. Um, and in terms of... I guess the other thing is the way... By shooting like that, really, it's it's making it more like a stage production. And when you're watching a film version of a stage production, surely you want to make it a bit more cinematic, a bit more, uh, a bit different. So you're getting a new experience. So a lot of people yeah. argue that maybe that or wasn't the best choice. Or else just film a stage production. Yeah, exactly. So, but, um, and that is one thing I would say. I think, I'm not sure, there's a few moments where they really do use the sort of cinema as a tool sort of thing to make it more interesting. Mainly the, the opening shot, the opening shot when it first starts, it's amazing, you sort of, it's, it shows this ship and this uh, massive ship that's being dragged by all the slaves are dr- pulling this ship and the camera like swoops down to, over the ship and comes down to um, Hugh Jackman and all these slaves singing and stuff. And that opening's amazing. It's like when it started like that, it's like, fucking hell, this is going to be quite impressive. But after that, everything else, sh- sort of the way it's shot is a bit more tight and close up and it's more about just getting in and on the characters, which again, like I say, is quite nice for the emotions, but it's not quite as good for the spectacle. The, um, in terms of spectacle, it's pretty weak. There's a few moments where they're doing um, hear the people sing, or whatever it's called, and they've they've got all and it just comes out wide, and you see all the re- the revolution going on, this student revolution, and everything, and and those uh, those are quite nice. But but yeah, I, I did I did get I did enjoy it. But as I say, I just maybe it could have been a bit grander. Some of the vocalists could have been a bit better. Um, as well, I think what 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 they've done with the cast is they've mixed the sort of stars that that aren't necessarily. Mu- fully sort of musically trained and they mix that with some people that have been on like the Broadway productions and things and you can kind of tell that the, the Broadway actors um, their acting's a little bit stagier but their voices are amazing and then vice versa so um, it's a bit of an odd mix sometimes uh, but again I enjoyed it I enjoyed it I enjoyed it mainly because I, I was really keen on watching it um, I love mm. the songs uh, it's got a nice uh, it's, it's really strong story Um Although saying that, um, it, it did feel as though it was rushing through the story a lot. Uh, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's that much shorter than the production. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I can't imagine it's that much shorter. They're usually about two hours and a half or whatever. Anyway, um, but it did isn't feel it a bit. An epic production, I think it is, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I can't remember. I don't know. Possibly, but um, but I think it's. Um, but to be honest, I imagine I imagine the stage production is the same. I guess. Really, it's because they've got Victor Hugo's novels fucking enormous and trying to turn that and cram that into two and a half hours or what have you. It's, it's always going to be a bit of a rush mm-hmm. job. Uh, but it works. It, it works. It's, um, it works for me. It's quite... It's very engaging. Emotionally, it works. Um, there's a scene at the end... Uh, I, won't, I won't spoil it. I've already said we won't spoil it. But um, there's a scene at the end where uh, Hugh Jackman ruins things performance-wise a little bit because he, he's, str- he's very strong. He's the lead role and... And uh, he does work throughout the film. His, his voice is quite strong. The emotion comes through nicely. But there's a few hammy bits right at the end that just piss mm. me off. I don't think he can help himself. He I think he's hammy, just he? inherently hammy. Yeah. And this is a moment where... Because, I mean, he gets away with the hamminess through most of the film. Because it's a musical, he sort of wants this... He wants to be amped up a little bit. But there's, a, there's, a, there's an important sort of key moment. I won't give away right at the end that it's just a bit like, ooh, really... Um, is it when the aliens come? Yeah, when the aliens come. That's <laughs> it. Uh, but yeah, anyway, as I say, but overall, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. Um, 
and it's, it's it's a decent adaptation. I wouldn't say it's anything special, um, but at it's the same time, I don't want to slag off Tom Hooper like everyone else seems to be doing. I don't we think he did that for Oscar that she's clearly going to get. Um, she, I mean, she's a, she's only supporting actress. She's not in it a lot, um, but I think she's in it mainly for the I Dreamed a Dream bit because that bit is amazing. Uh, but she's not in it much more other than that. Uh, yeah. But but it, she is very good. I, I, she she'll win. She'll blatantly win. Um, yeah. I mean, as I say, that that scene alone is 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 worth your attention. But um, but I don't know. There might be some better supporting performers out there. But she she does a very good job. Yeah. Have we done a musical theme? I don't think we have actually. We should, uh, I'm not gonna. Should. I'm not gonna. Lie. I don't really do musicals, um, which is one of the reasons why I've not seen Les Mis. I, uh, it feels like it's the kind of thing that if you love, you'd love it. So fans of Les Mis have been to see it, and they're like, "It's amazing, and we love it, yeah. and it's a bit weird." What's the quote singing? Have you seen? Okay. Have you seen all the um, flash mobs? Have you seen any flash mobs? Because there's been a few flash mobs posted on like Facebook and stuff that I've seen that like people have choirs must be choirs or musical theatre groups or whatever have just kind of taken take over taken over the cinema and started singing oh, right, songs in the, <laughs> in the cinema in the film no 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 like in the foyers and stuff oh, so right. almost, like, almost did you watch like a film and some dickheads stand up and start singing <laughs> no 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 it's like like flash mob stuff so there's one no, okay. person will start and then there's all the people in the cinema then start like joining in um yeah. so that that would probably be more entertaining than the film, I should imagine. <laughs> but I love yeah. I love flash mob stuff, so I think that's great. But yeah, there was one in Lincoln the other a um, couple of months ago, randomly. I was eating my dinner. I was like, what the fuck? But there, there weren't <laughs> enough people. Was it, it didn't stu- quite was it work. students? I know there was a student yeah, it was, it was happening. Some, yeah, probably. They look. Anyway, no one's interested in Lincoln. <laughs> Any, anyway, but no. yeah, yeah. The the appeal of Les Mis, I think, is the appeal that it has. If you if you like it, you, yeah. but it has no appeal to me. It and, looks and and Hugh Jackman's. Just face just makes me want to hit things. Am I the only person who quite likes Hugh Jackman? I don't think he's I amazing. Think he's great. I, I don't, think don't think he's an amazing actor. actor, no, but I think he's a nice guy. I think he seems like he seems all right. Um, just, yeah, no, no appeal. But I hear good things about it, and maybe the, one of the reasons I don't want to see it is because I know I'd probably quite enjoy it, and then <laughs> I couldn't be a miserable bitch about it anymore. <laughs> I couldn't be like, hey, don't you couldn't say that you hate musicals. Yeah, I'd be like, hey, don't do musicals. I couldn't be a grinchy old lady about these things anymore. I think we should do a musical episode, though, because I'm not usually into musicals, to be honest, but at the same time, there's a few that I, I do quite get into. Only if I'm allowed to wind down up something rotten about Moulin Rouge. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he doesn't like Moulin Rouge. He doesn't. But you did, didn't you? I love Moulin Rouge. Oh, okay, there you go, sorry, then. That's, that's a musical. Sorry, that's what I'm that. saying. Well, yeah, it's... It's, uh, it's, it's Labyrinth, a musical. It's not musicals. It's just the idea of them I find very difficult to get yeah. over in my head. Yeah. So, you should yeah. watch um, Little Shop of Horrors as well. That's, I saw that recently. Yeah, that's that is awesome. And Rocky I, Horror. I don't, like, Rocky Horror, I don't like no, as much as Darren. Rocky Horror's great. Yeah. I showed Jay that for the first time. In, See, you do like musicals. Everyone was saying, okay, yeah, yeah, no, that's good, yeah. You know what? I don't like freaking show tunes, and I don't like no. this whole kind of everybody goes on my own, and everyone's all <laughs> like, and they sing them at karaoke. Oh, it makes me want to hit people. <laughs> but maybe that's just because I'm grinchy. <laughs> um, but Lame Is has no appeal. Everyone I spoke to that's seen it has loved it, but no, not for me, Tar. Cool. Yeah, but, well, that's that. Um, i tell you what, should we talk about you saw Django Unchained, didn't you? I did. Let's talk about that. Well, you can start with that because I've got five films to talk about. Five. Um, I'm still not sure how I felt about Django Unchained. Um, Tell us about it first. Well, <laughs> the mistake the, I was making. It's Tarantino. 
obviously, and it's Tarantino's take on slavery. And I don't know if this is deliberate, like he's <laughs> coming out, but um, basically you have um, the film starts and there's a there's a, a, a bunch of slaves um, being taken, I guess, either to, to be sold, perhaps. Yeah. And um, this guy appears and he's like, I want to buy that slave. And uh, he's a badass. I can't remember the actor's name, but that man is a badass. Christoph Waltz. Yeah, and he's the character, and his character is brilliant. And uh, so he kicks some ass. He steals the slave that he wants to, although he does get a receipt. And he basically he wants <laughs> Jamie Fox. He buys Jamie Fox to help him. Uh, he's a bounty hunter by trade, and Jamie Fox is a man who can identify the men that he needs to find and kill in order to get his bounty hunter money. Yeah, Jamie Fox is Django, by the way. <laughs> Um, Django with the D silent um, and Jamie Fox, uh, Django has been taken out of um, his town and um, he was sold, him and his wife were sold really cheaply uh, because they got married in secret and they attempted to run away uh, so they were separated and sold off and it's all very emotional and all he wants to do is get back to his wife and there's that kind of and a classic male must return to the woman I love type thing which is really interesting and, and the film just it kind of unravels. You come to various plot points, so he agrees that he'll help him with the bounty hunting, and then uh, they'll earn some money for the winter, and then he'll help him go and find his wife. It's all very straightforward, um, and it's all very brutal, as you would expect from Tarantino, and there's a few random people that crop up along the way. Okay. Um, and then kind of the story plods along, and we get to the place where his wife is, and uh, the kind of man running that state um, is played by Leonardo DiCaprio, who, again... Is brilliant. He suits. He really suits these slightly odd, creepy, dis like unhinged roles. Like it's a great yeah. role for him, and I think he really stands out in it. He's slightly caricatured, but then everybody is yeah. caricatured. Um, and it was a film that that felt like like stuff was just kind of happening. It was like oh, and then this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. But then that's that happens quite a lot with Tarantino. The, the plot is um, is always a little bit kind of higgledy-piggledy. Um, and as a, as a film, I did really enjoy it. I just... I got really frustrated with it. I felt that... Um, I felt the, the, the scene that everybody talks about with the, with the kind of the shootout and the blood and the level of violence that happens in that. Okay. Um, there's a comedy to the violence that yeah. I appreciated. And then I just got really fed up. And it was one of those where it was like, okay... Um, sometimes it felt like when you watch a Will Ferrell film and he tells a joke and then there's a punchline and then he adds another punchline you're like, oh, funny, yeah. yeah. And then he adds a punchline and then another punchline. And 20 minutes later, you're still telling the same joke. And yeah, there's, the worst for, me, worst for that was that Jonah, the scene, there's a random cameo from Jonah Hill in it. Oh, bizarrely. that's really terrible. Oh, it's awful. There's this like elongated sort of gag bit and it's just like, what the fuck? It just felt like it was from Family Guy. It was like, what is this doing in, in, uh, in this when film? that don't really work for me. There's a few moments where clearly Quentin Tarantino's in the edit suite going, oh, it's fucking hilarious. And yeah. it's, it's like, maybe, maybe stoned, it would be funny, but it was just a bit like, this isn't giving me anything. It's not funny anymore. And this film's 20 minutes too long as it is. So yeah. why the f- this guff in here? Yeah. Um, I mean, oh. I, I was going to say, I was going to say, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much the same as you, Lynn. I, it just, it really frustrated me, this film. Whenever, whenever I think about the film, it makes me really ang- angry and it makes it sound as though I hate it. But, I, like Euland, a lot of it I thought was great. I think the interplay between Jamie Foxx and um, oh, I've forgotten his name now, and Christoph Waltz, those characters—they're brilliant. They're great to watch together. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio is great. Uh, there's some amazing scenes in there. 
it's just there's like exactly as you said there's just too much there's there's so many superfluous sort of scenes and moments in there and it's like it just needed i was desperate to get in there and fucking edit it while it, while i was watching it because it's just ha- at least half an hour too long i mean it's like two and a half and maybe an hour too long it's like it's two and a half hours long but the story is so simple and straightforward it, it's it could be an hour and a half sort of if it was an hour and a half straight down the line sort of fun sort of western that looked at the slaveries and all this sort of thing it would have been brilliant but it's so drawn out and I think the other problem with it being so drawn out and having so many extra little bits and pieces here and there was the drama went because there are moments when the drama worked like you say it's quite a nice idea of him going to find his wife and you feel for him because as I say Jamie Foxx and, and Christopher Waltz work you sort of you get the feeling that Jamie Foxx really wants to find his wife you get the feeling that Christopher Waltz sort of has a bit of pity on him and wants to help him but then, as the film drags on for another hour and a half, it's, you, you forget what they're even there for. And it's like, what are they doing with Leonardo DiCaprio? Who's this? What's going on? It's just like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that, that plot line that fucking started two hours ago. And it's, it's just so drawn out. It's frustrating as hell because there's so much potential for a brilliant, brilliant film. And it's just, instead, it's just a, a slog. It's just an absolute slog. So now, it, it, it pissed me off. But some of it is brilliant, so I don't want to slag it off too much. But I'd you that it would be. I don't think the film needs to be made any differently to how it was made. It just needed to be edited differently. Somebody more brutal. Um, yeah, well, I mean, Tarantino's usual editor um, died actually a couple of years ago, didn't she? Oh, I need to. I've got his IMDb, and, and I, I wonder if he, need, God, he needed her. God, he's a bastard, isn't he? Yeah, I think I think without so her, I just saw a picture of him. He he struggles. I'm just going to looks awful in his cameo as well like oh, every time his I- cameo is bought off what's his accent it's australian accent or something what the fuck's that all about tarantino really really needs to lay off either the booze the coke or the, or the weed something is ruining that man physically and mm. i think like i think his, his vision was really clear and the film looked incredible and it felt really really full of potential and when it started i was like actually this film is going to be fucking brilliant yeah and the first like, half hour is amazing I thought it was really good and he was like oh it's because you don't like westerns and because you're a girl who doesn't like blood and I was like fuck you I like westerns sometimes I like blood sometimes but I just it felt like it it felt like it started to parody itself inside the film I was like oh just stop it already yeah um, oh and how annoying although some people disagree but I fucking hated Samuel Jackson this film don't know if you like he really annoyed me I just thought he was terrible and when, um, every time he showed up I was like go away <laughs> It was it was too cartoony yeah. I, I, in terms of the character and the fact that he um, the the interest the, for me the most interesting about him was the fact that he was so kind of embedded yeah. in slavery and, and so embedded in kind of serving yeah. his master that he was willing to to watch like you know his people be yeah. slaughtered for that and it was you know it, it felt that I mean he was an interesting character but, but his was, performance was poor though of seeing a um, a stage version of the importance of being earnest. Yeah, he was really bad. That's, that's the thing. Yeah, he could have been a good character. As you say, everyone else, like Leonardo DiCaprio and stuff, they were sort of hamming it up a bit and enjoying themselves. But he just, it was just hamming it up way too much, or just in the wrong way, just poorly hamming it up. It was just, it was just really amateur. I just, yeah, I couldn't stand him in that at all. Um, but I still like, I think that everybody put in great performances with the exception of the people we can ignore but we they, they should have probably been cut out like yeah. i really did like every time leonardo DiCaprio appeared on the screen i was just delighted by him the guy yeah. 
the kind of the delightful, polite brutality yeah. of the ba- German bounty hunter. And I thought Jamie Foxx played it the straightest out of everybody, especially wandering around that ridiculous blue outfit. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and, you know, and he dealt with some really like when they get to the house and they're keeping the woman in the box in the garden because oh, she tried yeah. and it's brutal There's and some it's really i was gonna say that the the dealing with slavery i mean we'll talk about slavery again in lincoln they're quite a nice double bill actually and the, the actually the way they dealt with slavery is actually quite impressive i mean well it's more just brutal he he shows the brutality of slavery and, and it, it comes across really very, brutal yeah and it comes yeah. across very well it's very strong the the um the, the sort is, of those scenes and it isn't it doesn't it, do, it does two things it doesn't get preachy but it also doesn't turn it into some kind of slight and because he kind of he got a little bit um he got a little bit whimsical when he did uh inglorious bastards with the whole nazi thing he got a little bit kind of woohoo let's blow up hitler yay whereas hmm. I found he he kind of he gave it a, a a seriousness that it deserved but also well yeah a little bit but at the same time the film is quite silly <laughs> but yeah but the de- the way he deals with slavery is a lot more serious than the way he deals with nazis <laughs> so yeah it was nice to see like you know very early on um the the he, the guy accidentally well not accidentally he frees some slaves and uh they're one of their slavers is stuck under a horse and he just leaves oh, yeah. them and these guys just beat the... F- and it's brilliant, because you just think, well, this is, this is the reality of it. This is what would happen. Given the opportunity to kill their slaver, they would, because they've been so brutalised. Yeah. But I was really frustrated and a bit disappointed, but yeah. I still feel like I enjoyed it. Yeah, I think maybe watching it again, I, I didn't like it, but it just needed a hell of a lot of editing. But yeah, I was looking at... Yeah, it was Sally Menke, was his usual editor, and she she did everything up to Inglourious Bastards, and then she died like... Um, it's really random. She like, what was it? It's during like a heat wave in in LA, and she like passed out and fell fell down into some sort of ravine. I can remember reading about it. She fell down into some sort of ravine and just died of heat exhaustion. It was awful. Um, so yeah, I think she needed Sally back. You need well, a br- she don't gonna come back from the dead, no, is she? Right. She don't gonna come back from the dead. What? <laughs> <don't gonna> what? <laughs> anyway. Um, Avery, let's go into the... Uh... Shall I talk about Lincoln then straight away? I was going to leave that to last, but whatever, I can talk... Oh, let's lead into Lincoln. I saw Lincoln last night, actually. Um, rushed to it straight after watching... Dave saw Lincoln in Lincoln. Huh? <laughs> um, Lincoln, yeah. Lincoln is Steven Spielberg's epic um, story of Abraham Lincoln, obviously. And it's uh, it's not like his whole life. It's quite specifically just... Um, Although it does open earlier on in his presidency, but it, it's it's about the it's sort of towards the end of the Civil War, um, Lincoln wants to he wants to uh, bring in the I'm rubbish at remembering all the right terms. I'll probably get it wrong, uh, but he he wants to uh, bring in the Thirteenth Amendment. I think that's right. Thirteenth Amendment to free all the slaves. Basically, he wants to bring this this law in and change the law, uh, but the the problem is, is the civil war is about to come to an end. I mean, a lot of at first he thinks he can use he can use them. Well, a lot of people think at first that he's just using this law to stop the war. But in actual fact, it sounds though like the war is coming to an end anyway. But um, Lincoln still wants to bring this amendment in, and he realizes that if he brings it in after the war, then it probably won't happen. So it's it's this sort of quite political sort of film, rather than a sort of biographical film, which. I, I, I'm not a big fan of uh, sort of biopics and 
and things like that. So I was quite pleased to see when, when the film started. It's more really of... It's almost like a courtroom drama, except not in court. They're like in the House of Representatives or whatever it is. But it's really more of like a of that type of thing, like a legal drama, uh, where it's it's dealing with the conflict of what what does he do to get what to 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 stop pretty much to stop slavery. Um, I mean, but also uh, not drag out this war anymore. That's horrific. That's killing millions of lives and killing millions of lives, killing millions of people and all this sort of thing. There's, there's a big conflict there. Um, yeah, and it tells that sort of story. And I, I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot more, more than I thought I would, actually. I saw the trailers and I was like, oh, God, it just looked like some flag-wavy sort of squirm-inducing sort of schmaltzy bullshit. But as I say, this the way that it's... You what, sorry? America! <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, the... Uh, the fact that it wasn't helped a lot um yeah and it's 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 a it's very interesting story uh you're always i mean even though you sort of know the obviously know the ending because you (laughs) you know that people don't have slaves anymore um it's still really engaging really engrossing even though it's quite a long film it's like two and a half hours like all of all these bloody oscar films this year are epic they usually are i guess um it does really drive drive it along it's it's fascinating to watch um, yeah, there's there's a few problems. It's not perfect. There is still some sort of bit squirm-inducing sort of moments. Um, there's, a, I mean, ninety percent of the film is probably made up of, uh, of sort of speeches and 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 Abraham Lincoln telling some sort of metaphorical anecdotes and stuff like that. And they're very well done, but um, it does get a bit much uh, after a while. You're like, okay, bloody hell, we get the point. <laughs> just tell us what's going on instead it's of going on. It's already, God damn it. Yeah, so um, uh, it does. It doesn't always work. It is a bit cheesy at times, and uh, but it's Spielberg handles it very well. It looks <laughs> it looks nice as expected. Um, very well performed as expected. Daniel Day Lewis is he, he does tone it down a bit. Actually, we were talking about this earlier. I think Laura, you were saying you're not a big Daniel Day Lewis fan um, because he it's, sort of he just verges on like overplaying it too much for me mm. just just slight goes slightly over that edge of like being good to into overplayed yeah I just find and that it just makes me cringe yeah i can't deal with it well i think with this he um he underplays it in terms of he's not he's not he's not big and loud and like um there will be blood he's such a massive sort of character he does underplay it here which is quite nice uh, he's still like you say i think i think because we were talking about it just before not long before I saw it, I was looking out for his performance. He does maybe still overdo it in terms of there's lots of little breathing, like not ticks, but little breathy type pauses and things he does that maybe that maybe are pushing things a little far. But for me, he works very well. He's he's um, as always, he's quite a commanding presence, and and he's I think he's a very very good fit for the role. Um, yeah, so obviously he helps things. A lot of the others, a loads of. There's loads of it's one of these films with a lot of people that you recognise but you don't always know who they are. Um, a lot of sort of decent character actors in the smaller roles and Is things. Sally Field very good. I um, love that woman. I love her. I wasn't a massive fan to be honest. She's one of the weaker actress people in it. Um, she's okay, but I don't know. I, I think I think largely her scenes. I wasn't a big fan of her scenes. That's that's where the film does get a little bit schmaltzy because for me the courtroom, the court stuff, and the sort of political side of things was great. Uh, but w- when Sally Fields is his, her, his wife, basically, the scenes with her are a bit more cheesy, a bit more like I'm not that interested in his personal life. I just want to, um, I just want to know what's happening. I want to know how they're going to um, uh, 
get the amendment passed. Uh, that's another thing, actually, that, that I liked is is it's it's surprisingly because as I say, I got worried it was going to be really ultra like USA USA. It's actually interesting the way he has to get these the votes. He needs to get a certain number of votes to get the amendment passed. It is a little bit shady. I mean, he's he's not out and out sort of buying the votes, but um, but he does sort of hire some people to try and get them. So there's a lot of sort of shady dodged goings on, which is great because in was... politics, never. Well, no, no. I mean, obviously, obviously, you're always gonna get that in, pol- in po- political films, but you expect something about Lincoln, who's so loved and so respected in America. You'd have thought he'd just be ultra shiny clean and like um, like. Faultless. Yeah, sunshine mm. about his ass sort of thing. And he, he is he is held in very high esteem in the film, but at the same time, there is this darker edge that maybe he's not going about it in the most 100% legal, above-the-board sort of way, and I liked that a lot. So, uh, uh, yeah. So, as awesome. I say, <laughs> I, I liked it. It's a lot better than I thought no, it would be. It feels like it's worth a watch. It's um, worth a watch. It's not, it's not, it's still got a few little dodgy moments, but it's definitely one of the, out of the oscar films, it's one of the, one of the strongest um, because I've, I've been blitzing all of them this week. Yeah. Yeah, we were supposed to... I was going to say, we were supposed to go see it, but then we had hangovers, so we went to see Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> instead. Cool. Figured we couldn't really handle speeches for three hours on a hangover, so we <laughs> watched Arnie kill people. On that note, should we talk about Last Stand? Yeah, I mean, we we talked about this, and I was I was actually surprised you didn't you weren't as keen as me. Um, should I... Okay, I'll, I'll explain yeah, it. Last Stand is... Arnold Schwarzenegger is a retired L.A. cop uh, who's the sheriff of a small, teeny, teeny, tiny town on the border of Mexico um, and on the American side of the Mexican border. And simultaneously, Forrest Whitaker is like super-duper FBI man moving super-dangerous drug cartel prisoner. And obviously, within about three minutes of them leaving the uh, secure location to transport the prisoner uh, yeah. by some ridiculous scenario, which is f- just really good fun... They, uh, he's escaped. Um, this guy has lots of power, lots of control. He has a huge army of people working on his behalf, and they've obviously spent a lot of time orchestrating this escape. It involves a giant magnet and the van <laughs> and, a, and a stolen yeah. prototype super sports car that can do like a billion miles yeah. an hour. And people wearing the same clothes as the bad guy, which is just so confusing. It's all, it's all very odd, but it works, and Forrest Whitaker plays it very seriously. Like, he never shies away from being Mr. Super FBI Man, which really works for him. Um, and I have a lot of love for him since he went a bit nuts in The Shield. It really worked for me. Mm. Um, so, obviously, they are, they're, ch- they're in pursuit of this car. They're trying to track him down, and they like, he's going to this bridge. And then, at the same time, some weird stuff is happening in Arnie's town, hmm. Hmm. which is right next to this bridge, but they can't cross there because there's just a ravine. But what do you know? They happen to be building a bridge. So, basically, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, everybody else has left town for the weekend because they've gone, to the, they've gone to the football game with the football team. This is what happens in small American towns because they're loon. Um, so, it's left to Arnie and a ragtag bunch of sheriffs and, and people he randomly picks up on the street to try and stop this guy getting across the border to Mexico, which is what he wants. If he gets to Mexico, he's free. And um, this guy also happens to have another FBI agent as hostage in his car. And Arnie is, like, at the start of it, he's very much, um, you're very aware of how old he is, and he kind of makes constant references to being old and retired and out of touch, and he's a terrible actor. (laughs) He's a terrible actor. Like, I love him, I love him, but he's he cannot hold 
a conversation in performance very well at all. Right. But they know this, so they fi- they fill in, they surround him with people that are a bit more capable than him. Yeah, it's an amazing, it's an awesome cast actually. Loads of, again, like um, um, which which one was it? I was talking about. Uh, sorry, like Lincoln. There's a, a lot of like these sort of decent character actors. There's Peter Stormare in it, um, who's always good from Fargo and stuff like that. Although he's got a bizarre accent because he's... Um, oh, where's he from in real life? I've got IMDb up today and I'm getting carried away. Um, Sweden, that's where he's from. Uh, he's from Sweden, but he's putting on this sort of Texas accent or something like that. It's really strange. Um, there's, yeah, and the Forest Whitaker, like you say. Uh, you've got Harry Dean Stanton in a little role. Uh, Louise, Louise Guzman, who's always awesome. Uh, it's, it's just... I like to there's the the young sheriff that that not sheriff the young kind of ranger that sadly loses his life quite early on, um, but there's a number of of strong enough performers around him that give him a little bit of he doesn't have to do all the acting work which is good because once he gets to the point where he's just doing the shooting and the driving and the killing, he's he's Arnie again so you yeah. love, but um, we have this whole kind of farcical setup at no point which is the one thing about the film that really frustrated me. He's driving a car that can do over 200 miles an hour yeah. uh, across pretty much the entire state of Arizona. And at no point is there a question of fuel. <laughs> no. But very early on, I was like, when is he going to fill up that tank? And Jay just looks at me like, shut up, don't, don't ruin it. Yeah. To be honest, I, I thought, um, I mean, well, I'll get into my thoughts on the film now, coming straight from that. I, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I, I love action films. I love violence to watch. It's good to, it's good to see him back in action uh, in a proper sort of, just back to basic sort of action movie. Um, but I was a bit disappointed. I think the director, it's um, a Korean director called, can I pronounce it? Uh, Jiwoon Kim, or Kim Jiwoon, whichever way around you want to say it. Um, and he he directed The Good, The Bad and The Weird and Bittersweet Life, both of which are excellent sort of um Korean action movies and uh, this just felt for me it just felt a little lackluster it just felt I just wanted a bit more it just felt a little weak it was like um, I mean I wasn't expecting it to be I'm not saying it wasn't classy or anything I don't care about that with this sort of film but it just there wasn't quite enough action in it it wasn't quite funny enough it was just all a little like yeah it's okay it, was, it wasn't bad it was yeah, just it-, it was just a little okay it never I mean, as I say, last year there's some really good action movies. You had The Raid and all this and Dread and stuff like this. And this was just a bit, eh. It felt like a kind of a... It felt a little bit like a Saturday afternoon film. As I said, we watched it hungover and it was just what we needed. And yeah. I think the film would have been vastly improved with the removal of Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't in it as much as the trailer suggested, which I was happy about. But, yeah, he's pretty annoying. He was almost playing face from the A team, and he was yeah. he was irritating. Not, yeah, he was kind Murdoch. Of, I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's sorry. I'm the funny, quirky one who says funny things and runs around in a silly hat, and uh, and yeah. you just just go away, just go yeah. away. But things like the um, there's a real I won't obviously you can probably guess the ending, but there's a really really brilliant car chase scene through a cornfield yeah that's what I, was, I was about to say that I, was, that was, I do think I do think the car was a little wasted in terms of because you were on about you were on about it like running out of fuel I just think in general there weren't really many good car chases in it other than the cornfield bit the cornfield bit was cool it was something different it was it Edible. was it was cool but there weren't yeah. enough I, I love car chase movies I absolutely love them and uh, there just weren't enough the car is just driving down really long straight roads all the time it's like oh 
Yeah, cool. It's like, it's going fast, but when you're driving down a long, straight Arizona road, you don't notice it's going fast. You want corners, you want it going past, overtaking things and stuff. It was just going straight forward. It fucking did me head in. Every time he comes to a barrier, he's already orchestrated yeah. some kind of almost military level. Yeah, everyone blows all the cars out of the way and he drives through the middle. It's like, oh, great. So the, the fast car was such a waste of time. And when he's in the cornfield, obviously, it's not fast anymore, so... Well, I guess no. that was the idea, slowing it down a bit. But um, yeah, really, really delightful to watch the whole the whole sequence. I was when just the way that it was put together. I was like, this is a great stunt sequence, actually. Yeah. Like with just because your your points of view and the fact that Arnie very early on there's that that great thing that really NAF films do, where very early on he gets given the keys to the yeah. Sequence. You knew it was going to happen. Far <laughs> from me while I'm away. He's like, don't hurt it, and then yeah, and then obviously you knew it gets it was get trashed. Yeah. <laughs> is um he holds his own i think that yeah like, the weird thing happening at the moment where all these kind of elderly el- aging sorry they're not quite elderly all these <laughs> aging action stars like you know i saw the trailer for stallone's new one and that looks painful stallone's face alone looks painful but i kind of it was he still has a presence doesn't he, he still has a he can still sort of make <laughs> himself known on the screen and sort of uh and he kicks ass like yeah. What's nice about him is because he is physically so imposing. Mm. When he when he stands and he takes blow after blow after blow after blow, uh, you believe that that he can. Like despite yeah. the fact that he's in his sixties and he's obviously old Just and he's well, enormous, yeah. so big. You the 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 notion that there's a man punching him and stabbing him and he's he's okay with that and he can beat him off is believable because he's huge. Yeah. And, hit somebody and they go flying across the room you think well that's what would happen look at the fucking size of him he's a man tank yeah. yeah and also i think part of it is because the arnie the kind of heyday arnie i was like a teenager so it yeah. felt like a teenage film i felt like a little kid again who was like yay arnie blow stuff up Woo! yeah and, i think um, i think that's why i was probably a dis- bit disappointed is i i was the same i i was always such a massive arnie fan i still love all his 80s stuff and 90s stuff and well, more the 80s stuff. And then it was... I wouldn't say it was hyped up because no one said it was amazing, but I think I was just so excited to see him back. And then it was like, oh, it's okay. I, until that day, I didn't even know there was one. And then Jay was like, let's go see this one. It's got Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I was like, sold. But um, so I think maybe because it was a bit of a surprise. But yeah, I'd agree. It wasn't it wasn't perfect, but it satisfied. It yeah, did. it was all right, yeah. It wasn't um, bad, but it wasn't great. Cool, well... There's just one more film to talk about, uh, and that was Zero Dark Thirty. So this is the other, well, one of the other sort of films up for best Oscar, and it's up for all sorts of awards. Uh, it's Catherine Bigelow's latest. It is uh, well, it's basically it's about uh, a group of sort of I don't know what to call them, some sort of like government agents, um, C- CIA. That's it. Uh, <laughs> uh, trying to hunt down. Al Qaeda terrorists and specifically Osama bin Laden. They're just trying to find Osama bin Laden. So it's based on the true. It, I think it says at the start it's not necessarily based on one true, the true team that did it. It's but it's based on a number of accounts of people working in that field leading. Well, lead, she'd lead. been given access that she shouldn't have had in order to. No, obviously they weren't going to give her all the details. So it's semi-fictionalized, but obviously, obviously, what happens at the end is real. <laughs> Um, and and yeah, and there's aspects of it that are real, but um, 
Yeah, so it's a thriller that follows. It follows uh, mainly sort of one woman. It's uh, Jessica Chastain. Uh, what's her character name? Uh, she plays a character called Ma- Ma- Maya or Maya, and she um, she sort of heads up. Well, she's not the, the head of this CIA or anything like that, but she's sort of one of the key members in charge of sort of finding it. And she becomes quite obsessed. So the film is sort of about her obsession with with uh, with tracking Osama bin Laden down, and uh, especially she's, there's one um, for a long time. There's one main informant that she thinks is the key to getting to Osama bin Laden is like and she's really tracking him down for years and, and trying to do that uh, so it, it follows her story um, yeah Zero Dark Thirty uh, it was very good uh, it's I, I, I'll say I was a bit disappointed because I think it was because of all the hype because the reviews have been incredible for it I was looking at like Met, yeah, Metacritic here it got 95% score everyone's just creaming over it um, so I was just expecting some absolute work of genius. And I wouldn't say it's that, but at the same time, it's possibly, I keep changing my mind, but it's possibly the strongest of the Oscar films I've seen this year. It, it, it's just a really, really solid thriller. It, I mean, it, it, again, it's now, this is, I think it's the longest of all the Oscar films. Well, it's, it's almost now two hours, 40 minutes, um, but it plows through. It is no way does it ever, do you ever get bored? Do you ever sort of lose interest? Um, because uh, like it's Kathleen Bigelow who did the Hurt Locker, it's um, it's got that same sort of energy to it, um, and uh, it's it's. I mean, even though you know what's going to happen at the end, it's still you're quite engaged in the story. You still want to still want to know how she gets it, how they find it out, uh, and the very the last sort of half hour, forty five minutes, which is obvious, which is the, the when they actually go into the compound and and find Osama bin Laden. Um, that scene's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. It's just so, so, so tense. Um, I mean, Catherine Bigelow's incredible at sort of action set pieces, and, and that's the best example of it. Uh, but in terms of negatives, uh, I still did feel a little bit let down. I think, for one, surprisingly, I mean, Jessica Chastain gets a lot of uh, good press. Everyone seems to love her and everything she's in. Um, I, to be honest, I'm not sure. I'm trying to think what I've seen. I don't think I've seen a lot of the big films that she's been in. I keep missing them. Like she was in The Help. I didn't see that. Also, Tree of Life. I haven't seen Take Shelter. Um, but I thought she was a bit of a weak link in this. I, th- I just think she was a bit miscast. She didn't... I wasn't that convinced in, uh, in her obsession and her sort of desire to track down Hassan Bin Laden and to find these... She just seems a little bit... a little bit weak. I mean, she, the idea of the film is she's supposed to start off a little bit... a little bit weedy, sort of, a little bit lost, and then she gets stronger. And that comes across... But even then, by the end, I don't know. She, she just, she's, and she just, yeah. I mean, a lot of it is. I mean, it sounds horrible, but and it probably makes me sound ridiculously sexist. But she's very, she's pretty young, sort of twenty odd year old, pale, thin woman doing all this thing. It just, just doesn't convince. She looks like a model. She doesn't look like someone tracking down a. A terrorist, and she just didn't. didn't She's too pretty to be smart. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds terrible. Obviously, there's no reason. No reason why she couldn't do it, but it just, she just didn't do it for me. She just didn't have, she didn't have enough weight for me. She just felt a little bit slight. Um, But, but as I say, it still really worked. The other thing that I did get that slightly annoyed me um, was there's a a few, and this is a real minor niggle, but I don't know for some reason it pissed me off. There's a lot of uses of like really colloquial language, um, but at unnecessary points in the film. The worst one is like, uh, I won't spoil what happens, but um, 
they're basically Jessica Chastain is doing these text messages. I say text messages, but it's one of those industrial, like uh, military devices, whatever. But they're message, basically text messaging each other. And um, between her, she's in Washington, or wherever, and uh, um, a friend of hers is is trying to meet an informant in um, in, in Afghanistan or wherever. And um, and she, and and she like she like saying oh was up and like spelt W A double S U P and all this Ooh, and it's painful. like Ooh. you're fucking doing a military operation it's like I'm sure that because they're friends they might be fairly sort of friendly but come on it's like was up it's, you you assume that people that work for the CIA don't speak in text don't speak like retards it's just like uh, yeah no it's it, yeah that um that that little things like that annoyed me but it didn't bother me too much uh, the other thing that sort of I just felt that it lessened the impact again is just, um, I think the the way they sort of found a lot of the information wasn't always that exciting. I, I kind of wanted a bit more, because uh, I love sort of mysteries and, the, and these sort of FBI investigation type things where they f- figure something out and it's very clever. Whereas in this, I mean, the first half of the film, it's mainly just them uh, torturing people until they give them information. And then the second half of the film, there are, there are, there are a couple of nice scenes where... Um, of really nice scenes where where they do find something out and it's quite exciting, uh, but a lot of it is just they just terrorise someone or they, an informant comes and ch- chats to them and it's a little bit basic. I mean, I guess the idea is is obviously that's what happens. Like it, mm. maybe it isn't always that exciting. It isn't like Scooby Doo. They're not going to fucking <laughs> <laughs> uncover some clever mystery. And so I guess maybe I'm, maybe I'm asking for something that doesn't Would exist. You- would you agree that it glorifies... I've not seen it, but obviously it's one of the biggest criticisms is that it kind of glorifies yeah. te- um, torture as a way um, of gathering information. Would, on, you, would you... Did you feel that, or...? It doesn't glorify. I mean, it's horrific. The, the torture scenes are horrific. You can't say it glorifies them, but but you do get a sense that maybe that's where they do tend to get a lot of their information from. And, and there's a couple of little glances in the film that suggest that that's what these people think. But because they're so brutal, it doesn't suggest that that's what Catherine Bigelow thinks or that's what the audience should think. It's more that maybe these people are a bit fucked up and they're so desperate, mm. that's the only thing they'll do. So for me, I, I, I didn't get the controversy. I mean, I, I can see why people would think that, but not for me. I, I, that didn't bother me. I mean, it, it's nasty, but um, it didn't feel like it was glorifying it at all. Um, yeah. So no, it okay. was good. It was good. Very, very, very solid, decent act, um, sort of thriller. Uh, as I say, possibly the strongest of the Oscar films, but it's still not amazing. It's still not a five star, like spot on amazing film. It's it's just de- re- just very good, like solid. Yeah, um, some yeah. of the uh, some of the criticisms that I've I've heard are that it's it's interesting, but it's not necessarily a very good film in terms of its kind of its con it, like obviously its content is what it is, and if it's based on a true story, but it's not that engaging as a as a piece of cinema. <laughs> I was going to say the absolute opposite. I found it really engaging, but I didn't find it very interesting. <laughs> oh, okay. As I say, I, as, as I say, the way they found out all the information was a bit basic, and and it was just a few informants came and uh, they tortured a few people, and then then they go and do it, and it's just yeah. Well, I guess I so that's, the what, that's what happened. Yeah, I didn't find it sounds interesting. Like it was what happened, but yeah. It doesn't. Yeah, it's one of those. It feels like you kind of should see it, but I don't feel like I was really excited about the Hurt Locker, and I really enjoyed the Hurt Locker. If you but... enjoyed the Hurt Locker, I'd watch it. As I say, as as an exciting sort of thriller, it it works works very well. It's just, I just didn't find it very interesting. So yeah, as I say, the opposite of what what you were suggesting. I need to go see it's the Oscar. So who do you think will get the Oscar? Um, I don't know this year. I'm not. Um, in terms of the best film. Hmm. Uh. 
I don't know. Argo's been winning, winning all the awards for best films everywhere. But it's not been nominated for best director, so it's, it'd be it'd be a big surprise if it did. But it's won everywhere else. It has won. Yeah, it's it has won every single other award. So uh, it probably will. But it, it's so weird that it didn't go for best director. I think it's, it's yeah, they're probably. Bizarre. I mean, Maybe they just couldn't be... bring themselves to nominate Ben Affleck. Yeah. Maybe they were like, please, Ben Affleck. And know? actually, yeah, in fact, saying that, I just totally thought, I'm, I'm saying Zero Dark Thirty is my favourite of the Oscar films. It's like, no, 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 Argo is, Argo is the best of the Oscar films. Yeah, because Argo feels like oh, it was a... Yeah. Like I haven't it was, seen any of this. It's, old, <laughs> it's much older. Yeah, it's, it's, but as I, yeah, Argo is, is the strongest for me. It's definitely, it's the most interesting, it's the most different. It's just the most solid. All the other films do have flaws. I mean, they're, they're decent. To be honest, I've liked all of them. As I say... Zero Dark Thirty, Lincoln, Les Miserables. I enjoy them all. They're decent, but they're not amazing. Um, whereas Argo is, is pretty amazing. I didn't think it was perfect, but it's great. So, yeah. What, what film is perfect apart from Home Alone 2? <laughs> <laughs> Home Alone 2 is such a good film. I love Home Alone 2. Oh, no. It's the bit where the paint falls on him and then he goes, Howie! Oh, God. <laughs> love it. Makes oh, me believe myself. And it's Tim Curry that, yeah, anyway. Anyway. Yeah, you got more on your list, Dave. No, that's everything. I have one more. I, I don't. I don't know why we bothered about it. Laura, she's, she's not I've, been, like, I've been falling asleep. To be quite honest, not because you're boring, you just company. because I'm really tired. Yeah. Uh, yeah the only other thing that I saw was Gangster Squad. Oh yeah, sorry, I forgot about that. Which was a uh, another disappointment. It's a real shame. Um, a really, really strong cast actually. Sean Penn. Emma, or what's her face, uh, Spider-Man's new lady with the red hair, who's, who I have a lot of love for, even though I've Emma never really Stone, seen her. I like her a lot, yeah. that's it. Ryan Gosling, who, um, well, it's Ryan Gosling. Uh, Josh Brolin, freaking the crazy guy that was the kid in the X-Files, and then Phoebe's brother, and then married Juliet Lewis, Scientology guy. Oh, yeah. Has... Anyway. He married Juliet uh, Lewis, the... didn't know that. Yeah, randomly, not that long ago. They're both crazy Scientologists. Um, but the premise of the film, uh, Sean Penn... It's kind of post-Second uh, World War LA, even though the whole thing has a kind of 20s vibe to it, it's post-Second World War LA. Sean Penn is uh, kind of an Italian uh, an Italian ex-boxer, kind of come good. And he's basically a mafia boss. He owns all the women, he owns all the casinos, he runs all the booze, he's running all the drugs, and he's trying to run all the betting. So he's trying to establish himself as uh, all the money from all the gam- all the illegal gambling happening across LA and oh, no, across America, he'll run from this point. And um, he's in the pocket of all the police officers. Everybody's, he's every- but everybody's paid off with the exception of a few officers. Uh, so you've got Josh Bolin and Ryan Gosling and a few more who are a kind of a hardcore, loyal to their badge kind of set of detectives. Uh, who have all who all served in the Second World War, who all carry these kind of weird World War Two scars about honour and morality and masculinity and identity and, and looking for the fight. Um, but so you have this the the chief, the big 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 chief. I think I can't remember what you, what you would call him. Not the DA, the guy above that, uh, who wants to bring him down. Um, Mickey, not Josh Bolin's character. Yeah. Um, but because he realises if he gets control, then the whole town will be lost forever to the mafia or to, you know, kind of that kind of setup. So he he basically gets Josh Bolin to get together a team of guys and off the books to destroy this guy's empire. Not to, we don't, they're not interested in arresting him. They're interested in destroying everything and ruining him, basically crippling him financially and uh, status-wise. So um, they take it upon themselves to where... Uh, to put together what they call the gangster squad 
So they uh, they destroy a lot of his businesses, and they they really bad. They're they're terrible. They get caught by the police on their first job. They go and raid one of his casinos, and they get arrested. And it's very entertaining. But um, they get gradually better and better, and they use things like wiretaps, and and they uh, there's the, there's the kind of the cusp moment where they could bring him down, and and it it's a great plot, but it's a terrible film. <laughs> so um, you've got a few major problems. One of the major problems is the decision to... It looks stunning in terms of its kind of design, like its set, its costume, its its kind of colour. It's this gorgeous kind of um, just edge of modernist, but still 40s, vintage Everybody looks stunning. Everyone's in three-piece suits. The cars are incredible. They build this entire world that you buy into completely. Um, and you've got Ryan Gosling and his hat and Emma Stone and her lovely red hair and, you know, Sean Penn's craggy old man face and he's really good. But then they use bullet time. Oh, and the wow. whole thing, the whole, every time there's like a shootout, the whole oh. film slows down and there's these slow-mo mm. action sequences that just don't work. They don't fit. So it, it, it crushes these two forms together that do not work, that, that actively but against each other. So it really jars when, you know, like there's, there's a scene where there's a, like a shootout in a hotel lobby and it's Christmas and there's like slowed down shattering of um, uh, like Christmas baubles and decorations and presents and everything's slowed. And it's a really kind of, it's like the Matrix in the 40s and it really doesn't work. Um, Sean Penn, for some reason, is doing a Rocky Balboa impression. <laughs> There's a few odd, and I, this must be direction. Sean Penn is doing Rocky's accent. Ryan well, Gosling is doing some weird yeah. kind of fey camp odd thing going on. Well, um, they're based on real characters. I mean, I don't know if he's, oh, are they? Is that, oh, okay. I, I don't know how similar. I don't know if, how much footage but there is, is of Mickey really, Cohen, But it is you're kind of waiting yeah. for him to, to to you know shout for Adrian and go, "We're doing over till it's over." Yeah. Um, it. Josh Brolin is brilliant. He's so good. He carries the character so well, and it's that kind of classic, almost um, action man type setup where he's a kickass, like he's brutal, and he's obviously he fought in the Second World War, and he's not afraid of hand to hand combat. But then he's also he's quite gentle and quite sweet, and he has a really smart wife, and they're having a baby, and there's all these other things. But everybody, it all just, it just doesn't continues to not work for them, and and in the end kind of may, minor spoiler alert but like they go off the law to try and take him down but it's actually by getting back and and going the legal route that they it's you know it's like al capone getting done for tax evasion mm. um they actually do um they they get blindsided by uh their actions and they, they become you know murderers themselves but they they get back on track and they sort it out but it um it just it didn't work, and I was talking to Darren about it uh, the other week, and he was saying that, you know, he kind of heard it was quite cartoony. And in places it is, like it looks, um, like it's really, really, really rich in colour. Like there's a lot of reds and a lot of green. Is that always a bad thing, though, or does it just not work as a kid? Because I, I, to be honest, watching the trailers, I thought it looked cartoony, but I liked the fact that it looked cartoony. It looked like great fun, but it, was, it sounds like it didn't work. Still, it went too far. So if it, it, it's established its style. And the car, and it did. It always had a slightly cartoony nature. You know, Emma Stone was pretty much Jessica Rabbit. Um, <laughs> really worked for it. There's a red dress split to the thigh, and she's got this lovely long red hair, and it's yeah, just on the poster. She, she does actually look exactly like it. Beautiful. And Ryan Gosling just because he's just lovely, and Josh Brolin and his grim and face. The um, <laughs> points at which the cartoon 
ceases to be nice and ceases to be fun and ceases to be kind of entertaining is when they go into very contemporary cinematic technique. Like if they yeah. in that world and kept it with that slightly overplayed and everything's a little bit bigger than it should be um, and every character's a little bit larger than they should be and circumstances are a little bit silly and, you know, that would have been fine. It was the introduction of slow motion action sequences that really destroyed the illusion of the film. Like it was yeah. really, really jarring. I was like, why am I watching this? Why am I watching yeah. slow bullet shots? It's such a dated sort of style as well. It's, it was done so much in the 90s and it's just like, just feels yeah. a bit wrong. To appear, it's like, what the fuck? Bullet time, when, when did we start using this in this kind of film? Like yeah. it didn't fit, um, which is a shame because had it, on that i don't think you've noticed some of the other flaws with it like you know in terms of dodgy accents and slightly dodgy performances um and a you know a plot that occasionally jumps uh, skips a few steps yeah uh, points where you're like what how do we what what are we doing here i don't really what did, did i did i fall asleep <laughs> um yeah it was a real shame like it was really um it was actually kind of boring after a while i was like this film's just really frustrating me why am why is it not just sticking to what it what it is doing really well which is building me this kind of wonderful world where i'm totally invested in what these guys are trying to do and then you know like why couldn't it have been a like you know like boardwalk empire where you buy into that world entirely and everything that happens within that world happens and and it feels appropriate without us having to have this ludicrous action element that just doesn't fit mm. so i uh I, that's kind of it was it was it was a disappointment because i was looking forward to it and you know as i said it's an incredible cast of people yeah some weird yeah, stuff it's disappointing i i did want to watch it i was one of the few people that uh, yeah really liked the trailer just looked fun but yeah every, every, i don't think anyone's liked it oh. um, so no it's uh maybe yeah. maybe if it's one pound <laughs> on dvd or something i'll give it a try but yeah Cool. Well, uh, God, it's, it's getting late. Let's uh, wrap things up. I've got to go to yoga. Yep, I've got to go to singing. <laughs> Let's quickly wing through what's coming out. There's not a lot anyway. Uh, we've got 8th of February, uh, which we've got Warm Bodies, uh, which is that making... looks awful. Uh, I've actually heard some good things about it. To be oh, fair. really? But... They, they hit their tone perfectly. Yeah. Um, there's Wreck It Ralph, which I'm really looking forward to. Uh, Hitchcock, which is supposed to be pretty disappointing. Helen Mirren, Anthony Hopkins one. Yeah, that one, yeah. It's not supposed to be great. It doesn't look that great on the no. trailers to me. Um, which is a shame. Uh, there we've got I Give It A Year, uh, which looks naff. Um, I've met Rave Spall. I'm going to say this every time every you talk time. about oh, a film with him in. <laughs> Didn't realise he's in it. We've got No, actually. Lead. which Yeah. We've got No, which uh, Damo reviewed a few episodes ago, which sounds very good, uh, with Alfredo, Gael Garcia, Benalo, whatever in it. Um, we have Elias' autobiography, The Untrue Story of Monty Python's Graham Chapman, which is supposed to be good. Uh, Beautiful Creatures comes out on the 13th of February. Some sort of fantasy romance thing. Don't know much about it. 14th of February on Valentine's Day, we've got uh, A Good Day to Die Hard. <laughs> Very romantic. So I Basically, I have a dentist appointment in the morning and then in the afternoon, I am going to watch Die Hard in order to make, until the feeling in my face comes back. Looking <laughs> <laughs> yeah. back. In the last one, he went mano a mano with a plane. There is no <laughs> show that won't be terrible. Yeah. But still, die yeah. hard. You never know. 
then we've got This Is 40 out on the same day. Um, it looks terrible. It's supposed to be pretty bad, I think. Uh, 15th of February, we've got Side by Side. It's a documentary pre- produced and presented by Keanu Reeves. Uh, it's about digital and, f- and photochemical filmmaking, so comparing old-school sort of cinema to digital filmmaking. It's actually supposed to be good. It actually looks pretty interesting, surprising, coming from Keanu Reeves, but... I, I'm I'm very I'm I'm I am really interested in watching it. Sounds like a nerdy film. It on is that a one. nerdy film. Nerdy film lovers. But no, it is interesting the way it's changed the cinema. But anyway, uh, there's also Reign of Assassins, which is a martial arts movie that I'm going I'm gonna like. No one else will. Uh, and then finally, Fort Ellen, which is like an indie drama with Paul Dano and John Heddett, um, which I, I think is probably supposed to be pretty good. Cool. Uh, sorry, Linda. Keep keep sounding like you're about to say something, and then. Don't worry about it. Okay. Uh, but yeah, then that's about it. Uh, quick site news. Uh, yeah, next episode, it'll either be just before or just after the Oscars, so we'll try and do an Oscar special. We might. We were talking earlier about maybe doing Oscar travesties, so films that should have or shouldn't have won an Oscar, maybe, so we can have a bit of a okay. debate. No, this is a good idea. We should definitely talk Oscars. We should maybe poll what our listeners think about who's going to win the... Um, the best film yes i've not yeah. done the poll for ages that's a good idea I, it's uh, it's been far too long i will do that and um, also just a quick word we mentioned our japan fest festival at the last uh, last podcast and that went ahead and it went very well i just wanted to mention it because it was awesome uh, it was awesome although sake is not awesome no sake, sake tastes disgusting. like martini it's not good don't ever drink it no but it, it went very well, and we had a good turnout for Kira. Not a not too bad turnout for um, Pigs and Battleships and Jasper's Sharps talk either. Um, so yeah, all very well, and we're hoping to do it again next year. So watch the space, as they say. Yeah, well, congrats. Cool, thank you. Um, yeah, and that that about wraps it up. As ever, visit the site blueprintreview.co.uk. Uh, follow us at Facebook, facebook.com/bpreview. Uh, Twitter is at blueprintrev. If you want to email us any suggestions for themes or just to say how awesome we are, uh, e- email us at info at blueprintreview.co.uk. Cool. Cheers, guys. Good night. Bye. Bye. He brings the popcorn. She brings the roses. <sighs> Subject Cinema. A tasty new film topic each week with a side order of film reviews. Yum. T.C. Kirkham. But I'm Jim. Kim Brown. What? Over half a million listeners. And you could be the next one. SubjectCinema.com Real movies for real people.